You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today and join in the fun now because Delicious Volume 2, Yum 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 is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. Howdy, podcast listeners. I'm Trevor T. Trujillo. And I'm Matt Foster, and together we co-host the Nighthawks Podcast, a movie-centric podcast that covers just about everything. Big films. Citizen Kane, Casablanca, The Avengers, Star Wars. The films that aren't as big on budget, but we still love. Found Footage 3D, The Big Lebowski. Not to mention films from distant shores. Lone Wolf and Cub, Dearest Sister. Plus we have some great guests like Alamo Drafthouse founder Tim Lee. Episode 7. Dr. Strange writer C. Robert Cargill. Episode 100. Director Steven DiGennaro. Episode 53 episode 100 or you can listen to any of the over 120 other episodes we have on deck for you instant classics find us on all good podcatchers apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher audible spotify or at our website nighthawkspodcast.com join our cult probably not a real cult it's a real cult Look, folks, we already know the ocean is scary, but how do you make it scarier? You set an oil drill out there and the entire industrial mechanism that makes it work and put people on it because then you have ocean and then you have scary industrial settings. And that is the setting of the aptly named The Rig, a new series from Amazon. Joining me today is the terrified Matt. Um. Hi. <laughs> Too terrified to even speak. The spooked out Melina. Ooh, so spooked out. I, I think I'm slipping into a really bad Scottish accent. <laughs> and the filled with existential dread Jordan. <laughs> you joke, but that's slightly true. <laughs> the joke part is that it's just from this show, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Not from looking out the window or at the news. <laughs> So the rig is one that kind of caught me by surprise. Um, this is one that I signed up for just because I liked the panel here on oneofus.net. And I'm like, this would be a fun record with this crew. And what I was treated to is a out in the middle of the ocean, isolated. I hesitate to call it a bottle movie because there's enough locations within this rig that it doesn't feel like a bottle movie. Yeah, I mean. But there is, it feels isolated. Don't get me wrong. But basically, we're dealing with kind of a Lovecraftian, unknown, ancient thing in the deep that is starting to cause all kinds of ecological problems, not only on board the drilling platform itself, but it's having global implications that we are not really clued into 
because communications are almost instantly cut off. Imagine something other than oil causing ecological problems around an oil rig. Wow. <laughs> and so we have most of the supporting cast of Game of Thrones uh, starring in the show, mm-hmm. uh, along with a couple of others. But uh, folks, how did this leave you? Melina, why don't you uh, kick us off? When you started talking about how this felt Lovecraftian to you, I immediately thought about all of the notes I put down just upon seeing the trailer for this, because I immediately thought, oh, this looks like it's John Carpenter's The Thing. It looks like it is uh, Stephen King's The Mist. It looks like it's The Fog. It looks like it's any number of these. Is it supernatural or is it not? psychological slash survival horror films slash TV series in this case. And to walk away from it, I kind of realized it's not really any of those. In fact, coming away from it, I had a hard time thinking of if I could, if I could compare it to anything, this is more in line with something like James Cameron's The Abyss right down to the very, very clear Mm. message of we don't treat our oceans very well. Oh, I'm sorry. That's every James Cameron movie. My bad. (laughs) James Cameron is terrified of the ocean. And Melita kind of summed it up for me. I jokingly also wrote down, so this is what happens when you combine the thing and the fog. But yeah, it really isn't quite like that it's a six episode series a full amazon prime original it was just like they, they their first thing set completely outside of the united states in scotland they actually do a good job of setting up because you get the characters you got the one in charge which is ian glenn sir friend zone <laughs> from game of thrones <laughs> you got the company rap just a whole bunch of jolly crew and that one burly asshole who fucks shit up. <laughs> okay, at the risk of a digressive rant, there's always one dude or one person in any of these movies. Like there's a, there's this guy or the or the Mrs. Carmody character in The Mist. There's always that one person that you just like. You know they're going to be a pain in the ass, and there's no. Re- it's not a democracy, you know. There's no reason to even like just throw that guy off the oil. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> it, it's like the first scene he's in. Okay, you're going to be the problem. Hi, Taylor Swift. Oh, God. (laughs) Now this is really dated. There is this kind of thing, and especially in the early episodes, but they don't keep up with it. This is a world that not a lot of people are familiar with. And so we have to have characters exposit to the audience what's going on or what needs to be done. And there are a couple of moments where Ian Glenn looks at Emily Hampshire as the, uh, the company rep here probably has the most heat from being Stevie on Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. But there are moments where she'll say, the, the system can't take much more. You know what's going to happen if, if we push this. And he looks at her and just like almost with disdain, just like, I know. I work here. <laughs> <laughs> I will defend it on that base, though, and say that as someone who's never set foot on an oil rig, let alone worked on one, I do understand that it is a, it's the series responsibility to spell things out for the audience. Otherwise, they're going to be speaking in jargon that unless you are very familiar with this world, you are not going to understand a word that they're saying. And I guess as far as that went, it didn't bother me. Because I think that if this has a strength, 
it is, it knows that it has to expound exposition, as you said, but I don't think it does it in a way that ever felt clumsy or felt... Dragging. Or just felt... Yeah, exactly. Thank you. It does it in a very concise way. Most of what's enjoyable about the show is bolstered by the performances because there is a great ensemble coming on here. As you said, you've most likely seen half of these in Game of Thrones. Mark Addy does come in uh, towards the end of the season as a very key character. And I will say, uh, Ian Glenn and Emily Hampshire are really good. Roshinda Sandal and Mark Bonner are also just absolute standouts here. Yeah, there are enough locations where everything feels fresh and varied. And what I did also enjoy about the show is they actually do give you answers. I mean, it's six yeah. episodes, but they space it out well enough where it's like, oh shit, how long is it until they get to this? And well, it's not too long. You just get some nice character beats and such and see how morale is. And it doesn't drag them out either. It's constantly moving, but it doesn't let it doesn't leave any plot point or crisis hang too long to where you're like, okay, you can start wrapping this up now. I actually, you know, despite the problems I do have with this, and I'm sure we'll get into what those are, uh, I was never bored with this. By the time every episode reached its end, I'm like, I'm ready for the next one. Show me what you got next. I agree. Um, this is paced really well. I never got bored. My biggest problem with this is actually that they just didn't get far enough down the, like I, I, I wanted it to be eight episodes, you know? I, 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 I didn't think they got to, they, they stopped at a cliffhanger, you know, um, which, which they're strongly assuming they will get a season two. That's my big complaint with it is we just didn't get a, a good hard action set piece or a good hard reveal for to end the season. So that's my only real critique. I was liking the chemistry and everything that was going on. Um, as far as the uh, like the oil field jargon, I have worked on jobs like that and it was it was pretty well handled. They stayed out of the deep woods, you know. It is a nice unstable system and dangerous environment that gives you I like that they made uh, attaching yourself to the rig properly with your PPE was a plot device. That was that was funny to me. I liked all the portrayals and stuff, but I did think it was a little bit of a like a this is the mist, this is the fog, this is this is a little bit pod people, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But a cheeseburger is cheeseburger and bread, right? So like that wasn't a, a crushing deal breaker or anything for me. I was I was just like, uh, this is not terribly original, but it is well executed. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes you want that cheeseburger and it's just a matter of how well they cooked it. And oh, I'd say uh, in this case, this is pretty well cooked. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... So I, I really enjoyed this overall. And I, I didn't mean the, the discussion about the exposition as, as, a, as a criticism. It's, it was interesting to me that they did that once mm. or twice just to kind of explain, yeah, we have to do this, but we're also going to have the character roll their eyes about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was skillfully done. No, it it really um, was, because it's like, as you mentioned, Trevor, it honestly does feel very human. Like, that's an actual situation many of us can relate to. It's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I mean, I know what will happen if this shit goes down. So a hundred years ago, when I first saw the movie Tremors, Ooh. I fell in love with it because it, it has an investigative aspect to it. We have to figure out what's going on and then address it. We have to experiment. We have to do some science, some figuring things out. And that's really on display here. Um, I love the investigative aspect of this. 
but also they definitely handle every single character in this. Everybody gets a little arc. Everybody feels well-realized. They all have motivations. You care about each and every one of them. You're sad when one of them dies or succumbs to this event that is pouring out of the ocean. I think that's why the pacing of this impressed me so much, that it is able to raise those stakes on those characters and give them such human and, and lived-in stories, but it never drug out. It never felt like we're just pausing to, to inject some pathos here. Um, well, we were talking about the exposition before, and I think that where I didn't have a problem with the exposition, as we've all mentioned, is when they're talking about the nitty gritty of how a rig like this works, and especially how it works in crisis when it's not working the way that it's supposed to. And it does make sense in those situations why someone from the corporate world, like Emily Hampshire's character, would have to be kind of educated and reminded as to how this is actually supposed to work by the guys who've been doing this as a career for decades of their lives. That was all great. I did get a little irritated specifically with Emmy, uh, Emily Hampshire's character in how they use her to kind of explain the phenomenon as it goes along. I thought there were just a little too many points where she comes to these realizations of how this thing works in ways that I thought, like, wait a minute, are you Sherlock Holmes? How the hell could you possibly yeah. know that? I was like, I know that you're a geologist and you're very well educated on this. I know geologists, they are very well learned people. But I thought this is just coming together in a way or I'm like, they're explaining this in a way where it just feels a little too convenient, where it's like, we have to explain to the audience what th what's going on so that we can just keep going from here. And I'm like, but how could you possibly know that when you we, we, we've established through most of this that none of you understand really what this is? It's, it's that old Lovecraft convention where if you work at Arkham University, you've read the Necronomicon, whether you're a geologist, a <laughs> uh, patent clerk or, you know, the dean of admissions. Everybody's read. That well, book. I, I well, I honestly I think there was a scene in her office where it blatantly showed her Arkham University degree. Yeah, it's a total real scene. Don't look it up. Don't correct me. That did strain a little bit. And as we mentioned, uh, that pretty much the fuck shit up character here is Hutton. And again, it's a good performance. But there are times where you really do just... You just want to beat the yeah, guy. Yeah, you really do just hate the <laughs> fucking character. I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Go away. You're not improving anything. And you're kind of killing my enjoyment of this fucking story. If he weren't three times the size of every other character, you get the feeling they would have beaten the shit out of him very oh, yeah, early they, on, they, but oh, alas. Oh, yeah. yeah. His ass would have been fucking thrown overboard. Oh, like how the, the one woman does, and then he messes with her again. Oh, yeah. And again, Cat, uh, Bay, one of my absolute favorite characters, like, she's a lesbian nurse around a whole bunch of fucking dudes. Don't fuck with her. She will ruin your shit. Apart from the lesbian character, there's there's a gay couple in this, uh, you know, two men yeah. who are very beefy and masculine oil rig hands. Which yeah. that was a fun little surprise when they did that. I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I also, I really enjoyed this series. I was kind of rolling my eyes at the beginning and go, what did I get myself into here? But it manages to take all of those things, those elements from stories that we recognize. You know, the hateful character from a Stephen King story. Um, you know, the ancient horror from the depths of H.P. Lovecraft. But they iterate them enough 
where it kind of takes it in directions that I wasn't anticipating. Uh, we were, you know, complaining about the character of Hutton, who is the asshole. But ultimately, I like where that character ended up. Mm-hmm. It would have been really easy for this to, oh, we're offshore oil rig and we just dug up Cthulhu. But that's not where this goes. This isn't a gibbering horror from the deep. They actually did something really smart and fun with it and something that I wasn't anticipating, nor have I seen a lot of. Yeah. And so it was it was fun on that end of things as well. That should probably uh, move us into final thoughts, though. Uh, Matt, why don't you kick us off? Overall, I, I like this um, based pretty much on the chemistry of the cast. Like I said, the, the plot is not super breaking a ton of new grounds, but it's all very well executed. And they did keep it from getting too... I'm trying to think how to get it out without a, a big spoiler. They take it in a... You're right. They take it in a nice direction toward the end. And my sole complaint with it was that like it kind of cuts off when business is finally picking up. So I would say I'm going to give it four out of five possible miles deep. Jordan? I also agree with what Matt said. It was really starting to gear up and take this interesting place. And it just ends. I mean, it's an interesting place where it ends. So I do hope there's a second season. I really did enjoy this uh, more than I didn't. It was a pleasant watch. Again, uh, like six episodes, an hour. It really only took me two days to get through it. And it was a very interesting watch. Very well acted. It's just something really entertaining to watch. So I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten SOS signals. All right. And Melina? Um, wow. So I went into this having seen more than a few bad reviews, um, all of which kind of took the tone of, oh, this is everything you've seen before in survival horror. This is CG is crap. You don't like these characters. I actually heard some people just flat out calling it schlock. And I would implore you potential viewers out there, don't listen to these people. And actually go and look at this for what it is, not what these people clearly were looking for that this was not for them. I think that due to the bad word of mouth that I heard ahead of time, my expectations were a bit low going in. And I was very quickly surprised with how interesting I found this, how great I thought the actors were. And something that I really appreciate in survival horror characters that actually behave rationally through crises. They don't all turn into a bunch of bumbling idiots when the shit hits the fan. There are moments where you're kind of like, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. And then I had to catch myself and be like, well, sitting here in my comfy armchair, having never set foot on an oil rig in my life, I have no idea what I would do. And in a crisis dealing with what may be an alien presence, who knows, I certainly would have no idea what I would be doing. And I don't think any real, I don't think any oil worker would either. But that's what I found so entertaining about this ultimately was these characters having to figure out what they're going to do through this situation, how you're seeing their tension start to boil over, how they're kind of turning on each other and how they're, so many of them are just trying to keep it, trying to stay sane through what is completely unprecedented. And that's really thrilling. Great performances, really in the end, very dynamic characters. Um, And one that I was surprised by the end, I'm really looking forward to a second season. I hope they get it. I have no idea what it's gonna look like. I don't even know if they'll even be able to call it the rig, no spoiler, but either way, whatever it is, I'm for it. So I'm gonna give this um, 
eight out of 10 tentacles from the deep. I ended up really liking this. I was kind of with you, Melina. I went in with low expectations. And even after the first episode, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm getting myself into here. But it is a it's a quick moving show. It's a show that does not feel like the six episodes that it is. And it is only six episodes. So it is a bite sized bit of television. And I want more of that. Like, I, I want more series that aren't a, you know, summer long commitment. Ultimately, I think deep esoteric horror from the bed of the ocean was promised and delivered here. The cast was fantastic. The chemistry between them was wonderful. These characters are, are really well realized. The writing is sharp and fun. Um, I saw things here that I recognized that made me comfortable. And then they were iterated upon and surprised me. This show kept me guessing until the very end. And I might actually be alone where I just assumed this was a one-off and where this ended is where it ends. Although it does end on kind of a question mark, it is one of those horror story question marks where you go, oh, oh, the implications of this, I, I, I don't know. I, hmm, I'm going to go and have a cup of coffee and have a long think about this. And I really enjoyed that aspect as well. Um, I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 high-pressure computer readouts. <laughs> I was trying to think of anything that wasn't a spoiler. and I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> if they really wanted morale to be boosted during this when Mark Addy came along, he should have just put on a strip show for them. I'm just right? saying. Right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he is doing a sequel for The Full oh, Monty, so it won't be long before we see that. I can tell you what you do on an oil rig when you encounter a random cryptid you weren't expecting. You uh, pop the blowout preventer and then you shoot it with a gun you're not officially allowed to have. <laughs> please tell me that's actually real, Matt. <laughs> like, please tell me that's actually in I, the manual and how they do things. I cannot confirm or deny any cryptid encounters <laughs> on, on or near the perimeter of Area 51 on or about July 75th of... 2013. 